Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. play together, they believe, um, and Karis LeVert is cold. LeVert, back in, speed, oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew! Holiday, shot clock down to six, finds one, here's a long three. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornos Podcast, this is your host, Mark Schindler. Uh, as always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. And of course, read us over at Indie Cornrows. We always want to hear from you, get your feedback. We have a lot of, a lot of really good stuff coming out. Caitlin is always uh, putting out some excellent analysis and, and articles. She was just on the Indie Monthly Podcast that you should go check out. She got interviewed there. Um, Caitlin's awesome. Tom's awesome, too. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, we have a, Before we even dive into basketball, how are things on your end, man? Well, pretty good. Uh, can't complain here. So, although it might snow this afternoon here. Yeah, I've been insane. hearing that. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, Let's see how it's possible, but I guess whatever. Yeah. But it's, hey, yeah. That's how you know it's, it's – I mean, it's almost May, so I guess we're getting the last one in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought we got the last one in two weeks ago, but it's fine. Um, yeah, we delayed this pod because I wanted to really take some time to think through things. Uh, after the news that came out last night, obviously, Miles Turner – is out indefinitely um, with a torn uh, plate in his in the plantar in his big toe, uh, great toe, as Shams put. It. I've never heard great toe before, um, but it's a new lingo. It just keeps popping up this this season. Um, point being, though, uh, Miles. I mean, this is just my assumption. I would be surprised if we see him again this year. That's just speculation. Um, regardless, he's going to be out for a while, um, which is not good for the team. And of course feel for miles as a player uh, and just as a person, uh, because I'm sure that he wants to be out there. Um, the unfortunate implication right off the bat is that he might not end up even making the all defense team after this. Um, he was, he had a really solid chance at defensive player of the year at the beginning of the year. And as injuries have kind of piled up for him throughout the year, that's kind of waned, unfortunately, and the team defense overall, not being that great, which is not really, I mean, that's not on him. Um, there's just a really unfortunate uh, way for things to fall um, for Miles as an individual, Tom. I, I think that was what yeah. I was thinking about the most yesterday. Like, I mean, he you could tell how important it is to him to – and, you know, I, some, I think some people get on, on players for wanting to have an individual achievement. That means something. I mean, Miles, yeah. he's been kind of uh, – I don't want to say shunned. Like, they're just really good defensive centers in the league. I mean – He's had a case to be all defense two of the last three years, and he hasn't made it because they're, I mean, Rudy Gobert exists, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and Clint Capella has played extremely well this year and might end up making it over him considering he'll play more games. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just my initial reaction to it. 
Yeah, it was rough. And yeah, I think you're right. Also, I mean, the, the killer with, with Miles and, and that type of award for defenses right now, the team defense is just an anchor um, to any anything like that. Because usually that, you know, if you're, if you're anchoring a, a really good elite defensive team, then, you know, that, that means your impact is that much bigger. But as far as the injury, yeah, I mean, when I originally read the the um, injury report, it was like, wow, that is the most complicated toe injury I've ever heard. Yeah. It, it can't be good <laughs> um, if they go into those links to explain the severity of the toe injury. So I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, I have no idea what the um, prognosis is as far as coming back, but it didn't, you know, whenever you hear indefinitely, um, I mean, it seems like it's at least a couple of weeks. And, and like you say, um, after that, there's only a couple more weeks in the season. So um, and whether he'll be back or not will be yet to be seen. But, um, yeah, and um, as we saw last night, all of a sudden, the, the Pacers are really thin up front. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, rough. we're not going to talk too much about last night's game because uh, I don't know about you, Tom. There's really not a lot to take from that. Um I mean, Domas was out. Uh, Miles was obviously out. Goga played pretty well his, like, first 10 minutes in. Uh, yeah. He hurt his ankle, is now has an ankle sprain. So, presumably, is I mean, I, I'd assume he's not going to play tomorrow against Oklahoma City, um, and we'll see how long he's out with that. Um, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, just point being, Malcolm Brogdon was guarding Jakob Pertle at some points in the fourth quarter. Um yeah, That's, I think that was a good takeaway. You don't, we don't want to have to play Brogdon at center. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely not. Even I mean, playing O'Shea Brissett at center is is tough. Playing Jakar at center is tough. And I guess we can hit on that too. I mean, uh, Jakar and Rudy Gay almost uh, almost recreated the mouse at the palace yesterday. So <laughs> that was exciting. Um, I'm glad that that got taken care of really quick because that was just uh, that game was getting ugly at that point. Um, and there wasn't really yeah. a whole lot that you could do about it. I got really frustrated with uh, with some fans um, yesterday because they were like, oh, well, that's the first sign of fight we've seen from this team at all. I'm like, I yeah. just I, I disagree with that. I mean, it's not like I think the guys were just completely dogging it yesterday. But, I mean, what are they supposed to be doing? I mean, when, when, when you're asking, you know, I mean, Goga's like halfway to fouling out and then he gets injured and then Jakar is, you know, on his way to fouling out and – He's already struggling a ton to do anything on the inside because he's six seven. I mean, like just you could just tell how frustrated the guys were yesterday. And I, I think it's just a little bit unfair to come off and be like, oh, well, they're not trying hard. I'm like, well, I mean, dude, they're missing half their fucking team. Like, I'm sorry, sorry <laughs> for, for bringing that out, yeah. but there has to be some levity with how we talk about these things because it's not just like you can say all you want. Oh, well, you, sh- you have to go, you know, uh, you go crazy the entire game. You should be, I mean, you're getting paid that much. And yes, there's an extent to that, but at the same time, there comes a time where you just cannot beat somebody because Jakob Pertle's seven foot one and Malcolm Brogdon's six foot five. Like, there's a lot to that. Rudy Gay was absolutely, I mean, I don't even have his stats pull up in front of me. I don't care. It's when when Rudy Gay is able to take somebody into a post mismatch and he's the biggest player by three or four inches. Like, I mean, that you can do so much defensively. And again, part of the problem is the Pacers scheme just is not great with how things are going, it makes it even worse and more complicated with how things were yesterday. But I just think um, there has to be a little bit of leeway here. I get being frustrated with the season and how things are going. 
Um, but I, I don't really think it was fair to take it out on the players last night. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, uh, one of the bright spots was how long uh, Batadze ended up playing with four fouls, and actually, yeah. you know, it was assumed he was going to end up fouling out. Of course, injury took him out. Um, but um, yeah, it it it's just rough to to see that, and, and when they're you know shooting in the low twenties for three from everywhere. I think they shot thirty yeah. percent oh, yeah. in the first half. Like it's just yeah. It, it you know they're just gonna get buried and that's what that's what happened and it, it went quick um all of a sudden you know i think it was tied at 17 and then all of a sudden you know like and then it was the, not yeah into the half you know uh santoy yeah and that was like five minutes left in the first quarter by the end of the quarter they were santoy's up 15 it was you know a boat race from there pretty much so um yeah it's it, at this point it's like give me O'Shea Brissett, give me you know Ed Sumner and all these, um, you know, let these guys play and and again, like you say, they're gonna play hard and they're gonna fight and that's all you can ask at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there are so many things to take away from this on a larger scale too, um, because I think that's really all you can take away from the game, other than mentioning like. It's not even that I thought they played. I mean, they obviously didn't play well, but um, I mean, they I have never seen this team rim out so many shots. Um, like it felt like every third no shot was just. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the bucket just said no yesterday. <laughs> Nothing was going to go in, um, which is reductive. But trust me, watching the game, it very much so felt that way. Uh, no matter how open the shot was, it just was not going to go in. Um in terms of looking at this long-term, all right, so just looking at the standings right now, Pacers are 26-31 and 31, uh, in the nine seed. Uh, Chicago just beat Boston yesterday, and they're back in the 10 seed. They're two games back at Indy. Uh, the Hornets are two and a half games up on the Pacers for the A seed. Uh, just the immediate impact to me, even if Domas comes back soon, um, I don't know what the prognosis mm-hmm. is on him. Um, regardless with how, with how banged up this team is and – I mean, they don't really have a tough schedule for the next week or so. Um, but regardless, I mean, I just don't think that they're going to be able to climb anywhere past the nine seed. Um, and, I mean, Washington is on a five-game win streak right now. They've been actually one of the hotter teams in the NBA in the month of March. Um, and the Bulls are looking a little bit better lately. I mean, there's a chance that the Pacers fall out of the play-in. Um, and, I, I, I mean, that's up for debate whether that's a good or bad thing. But that's just what the prognosis looks like right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the reality. Um, and, you know, prior to the game last night, looking at the schedule, it's like, okay, this, you know, you have the San Antonio game, but then you have um, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Orlando, you know, essentially three lottery teams coming up with time off at home. You know, you hope most of the Orlando games away, but, um, but you know, there's actual practice time. It's like, these are the times kind of time where you could maybe build some momentum and get going um and then you know even even looking out a little further you know the bulk of the schedule is is favorable to make a little run um but not if you don't have all your big men and you know i mean and injuries are hitting a lot of teams obviously especially a lot of teams at the top but those teams are um are built differently than the Pacers. The Pacers have to have all their guys. 
Um, they don't have the depth to absorb, um, you know, missing two or three guys. You know, obviously we're already missing one. I'm not even counting him. Um, but missing two or three guys from that starting lineup and succeeding against any team in the league is going to be a struggle. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that plan, obviously that plan spot is <laughs> is looking like it would be, um, you know, the best case scenario at this point. And we might know by the by this time next week if um, it's still viable. I mean, if, if they, um, they, you know, they're going to have to win, I'd say two or two of the next three here that I'm saying that all three should be almost easy wins if you're healthy, but that's just not the case. And um, it, it's going to be a quick, quick drop the way a couple of teams from behind are starting to um, show that they're, they're still in it and want to get in. So um, it is going to be, a, could be a rough watch, but it, it's going to be interesting either way it goes. And then, you know, then we'll deal with the ramifications either way. Yeah, well, you bring up such a great point, too, because it's uh, it's not even the team isn't deep. Like, the team has depth, but it's just uh, – it's different from looking at, like uh, – and, and this is, again, not to sound reductive, but, like, if Brooklyn is missing Kevin Durant or uh, James right. Harden or Kyrie, like, they still have the other two guys. I mean, and it's so different for Indy because if you miss – like, even if you're just missing Domas, okay, well, you're missing – that that hinders what the rest of the guys on your roster are doing because of what he does for, yeah. for both the bench unit – and getting uh, more easy looks for, for Brogdon and, and Karras. And you saw that missing last night for sure. Um, like the screening was was just rough. I mean, there was the looks that are normally clean out of pick and roll or handoffs for, for Karras and Malcolm just weren't there yesterday. And that was a lot, of the, a lot of reason for why some of the shots weren't falling. And part of that is how the offense is built and how important Domas is to it. But also that's, that's just the players on your roster. Um, and like we've talked about with, with Miles, like if Miles isn't out there, I mean, of course, we know what that yeah, can do defensively, um, and it's yep. just like it, it's a conglomeration. Like they're, it's it sounds so corny, but they're stronger together, and they're a lot weaker apart. Um, and it's just like you mentioned, like it's built differently. So I don't, I don't. It's hard to just say that this team should be able to carry on while while missing significant guys. Like if you're missing like Justin Holiday or, or T.J. McConnell or somebody off the bench, then yeah, that's different. But if you're missing you know, really important players in your starting lineup. Like we've seen with TJ Warren this year, that has a huge impact. Um, but yes. So point being, this is a, uh, this stretch is going to be really important to find out what the team is doing. Cause you mentioned three lottery teams coming up, but uh, I mean, they struggled with Orlando. What was that two weeks ago? Um, and this was, uh, yeah. they were playing the post deadline magic team. Um Oklahoma City and, and has actually been the worst team in the NBA recently, so I, I, yeah. I don't know how worried I'd be about that one. And they are very much still embracing the tank, so I don't think that they will uh, they will let this one get uh, get too close, but we'll see on that one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And Detroit's 
you know, they're playing their young guys, but those guys are playing pretty well. Um, you know, playing hard, playing with energy, and and you know, so they're, you know, there's not going to be walkovers here um, at all. So yeah, I, I would say Oklahoma City is definitely kind of uh, cashed in the season more so than than um, these other teams who are like trying to at least let the young guys go, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be uh, gonna be telling by this time next week. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I want to put out too that that I've really wrestled with and tried to think about as the season has gone on and it's gotten a little bit murkier. Um, I don't know if you know who Blake Murphy is. He covers the, the Raptors over at the Athletic. Raptors, yeah. He, yeah, he had a really good article um, recently about Paul Watson and Yuta Watanabe and how they are uh, they're playing for the Raptors and the way that they're. Um, trying to parlay, you know, two-way deals into – or non-guaranteed deals into guaranteed deals. And actually, Wadanaba just had his deal guaranteed, I think, two days ago. Um, but point being, like, he, he wrote a really great part in that story. And I'll, I'll link it in the in the, um, in the the show notes. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, even if a team is not actively trying to win or an organization wants to be a lottery team, which I'm not saying that's what the Pacers are doing, uh, but I do think they might – trend towards that direction just given how things are going i mean it's not the same for the players these guys are not going out there trying to lose they they don't give a shit about tanking because that guy's coming in to potentially replace them um like i think that's something important to remember like there's a very human aspect to this that doesn't get talked about um like the stuff in oklahoma city with al horford just not getting played like literally getting paid to not be part of the team it's uh I know there's more to it than that, and I, I apparently it's a mutual agreement, but it, I don't know how mutual that can really be. Horford was playing fairly well. They weren't able to trade him. It's just weird, um, and it's very clearly tanking. But, uh, you know, Adam Silver doesn't seem to care about that one. Um, this point being, like, you can't, you can't look at this and say, uh, oh, well, the team should go out and lose every game for a better lottery pick because, okay, well, tell that to Edmund Sumner. Edmund Summers yeah. just played like the most meaningful stretch of his career. You think he's going to go out and stop playing like that? O'Shea Brissett is on a 10 day. I think that you could argue that he should be off of a 10 day soon and, and getting a fully guaranteed yeah, deal. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't. Um, but like point being be like those two guys, every single guy in this roster is going out there mm-hmm. to try and prove themselves and, and prove that they deserve to be here uh, in the long run. Um so it's not just as cut and dry and simple as, uh, well, we're just going to go out and lose every game from here on out and, and try and get yeah. paid. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and it may sound a bit distasteful, but uh, honestly, all these guys are individual corporations. Yeah, no, that's together. totally true. I you think know, that, I mean, not to cut you off, but the team aspect, it's so overplayed sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that is why it's it's so, um, you know, the the – team building and the team uh, coming together to play as one. And, and you know, in, in a lot of cases, like with the Pacers, you know, that's their best route to success. You know, that, that's why it's such a delicate balance because, um, you know, these guys are, you know, in the end, having their own individual careers to to uh, worry about. Obviously, we've, we've <laughs> felt the brunt of that um with other players that have been in town but in the end i mean whether you're you know paul george or like you say edmund sumner you know you're you're playing to play your best today because you're thinking about what you have you know coming in the future so um 
and that that's the thing. I, I hope that Bataze is not his injury isn't too severe. I mean, that's like one guy who I really would love to see play as many minutes as possible the rest of the way. I mean, you gotta know what you got in that guy. And he seems to be coming on and figuring things out. And, and um, you know, same with Sumner, as you mentioned, I'd, I'd love to see Brissett get a lot of minutes. I mean, they gotta, re, you know, sign him um, for the rest of the year. I, I feel like that would just be a major mismanagement of, of you know, player talent um if you got this guy and and um you know it's not like it's going to be a, a major contract or anything that has to be guaranteed for several years um you got to keep him in the mix i think at this point uh, especially with with uh you know the way he's played and kind of the position he could play um I, I thought it was interesting yesterday that they had him in the starting lineup and you know but holiday justin holiday off the bench um, just because he is a better fit um, as a, you know, a, a forward. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, back, back to your, you know, initial point is um, both, you know, the players are going to be playing, whoever's out there is going to be playing their ass off. And, you know, Nate Bjorkman's going to be coaching his ass off. I mean, exactly. you know, he, he's under scrutiny as well. <laughs> so um, regardless of, of, you know, Guys could be injured and out, and maybe they hold them out longer, and that's a way that, obviously, like you mentioned with Horford, that, you know, a team kind of um, may try to give up games, but it, it doesn't mean it's going to work because the players are, are not going to roll over. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that's a just a great point that I'm, I'm glad we highlighted. Um I mean, the, the other implication that comes out of this, I mean, the, the Pacers are pretty much guaranteed a lottery pick now. Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but it's, uh, if it's, it's awfully close to being guaranteed that there's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, so that means my draft work is no longer going to be pushed Pretty off. Yeah. It's uh draft work is coming. Um, I have been paying attention and keeping up with stuff. So that's, uh, it's on the horizon as much as, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I mean, I guess the last thing I want to close on, what are, what are some positive things you're looking to see for the rest of the season? Like what are, what are some things? Cause I know a lot of people are frustrated and I get it. And it's different. Cause you know, I'm not a fan. And um, so I just like, I don't know, like I've just been happy. Like it's cool watching Ed play. Like it's cool watching Goga play. I've, I've enjoyed the O'Shea Brissett experience. Um, you know, it's, there are like little marginal things you can pick up on that are, that are cool to, to, to point out, but what would you highlight as some things that you're hoping to see both uh, on an individual standpoint and, and team-wise headed out from here? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gotten into that mode as well um, where I, you know, I, I want to see, you know, I, I can't watch Sumner enough. Just um, He's just so quick out there. And, you know, going from end to end, it's just uh, fun and can put so much pressure on the defense when they're playing at that fast pace. He is such a um, can be such a key part of that. Uh, it's fun to watch, um, and um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, also coming coming around on Goga as well, wanting him to get more minutes. And you know, whatever the results may be, there, there's um, I feel like he is developing and learning, and you know, you kind of see him early in the game going up and kind of double clutching and then getting stuff, and then you know. Later in the game, he'll just be like, screw it, and goes up and ducks, you know. <laughs> Go up yeah. strong, big fella. Um, and 
you know, his shot blocking, um, timing and all that is, is, is great. I mean, it's always been pretty good, but you can see where he's a lot more confident going after those things now. And, and, um, I don't think he always gets a fair whistle, but again, that's a good thing at this point. You always got to figure out how to play and stay on the floor without without fouling um, and, and not getting in awkward positions where it's easier for a ref to call a foul on him. Um, and, and those types of things, I guess those are, you know, the little things, um, you know, like with Sumner, uh, you know, his, his overall offensive game, I mean, his three-point shots been coming along. I, you know, I honestly don't think they can, anyone can stop a backdoor cut if he can get his man <laughs> leaning <laughs> anyway towards the sideline. I mean, you know, trying to abuse that and, and turn that into into something that uh, the team can use. And um, th- those types of little things are, um, you know, fun to look out for and, and see how these guys are, are developing and, and making a bigger impact while they're out there. Um, so, you know, for for the end of the season, if, if they're not going to be fully healthy and, and able to get get anything ginned up um, as a full unit, you know, I, I'm looking on, on the fringes and, and just trying to think where the value is on the roster going forward and, you know, start seeing how they're going to manage um, the different players and, you know, leading into the offseason, which will obviously be uh, pretty huge. Yeah, definitely. And I think um... – a couple of things that would hit off that. I mean, number one, I would love to see Edmund Sumner get some more opportunities to handle the ball. Uh, he does a lot of stuff like handling, you know, he, he's great catch and drive. He's, he's been doing a lot of that. And I, I, I mean, especially too, with him just becoming a much more confident and willing and uh, capable three point shooter has been huge for, for him mm-hmm. in uh, having some more gravity on that, but also like, I mean, he's just capable of doing it, but I would really like to see him get some opportunities to run actions himself. Um, and I know it's probably not going to be pretty, but at the same time, like what else is going to be pretty this season? Um, at, I mean, it was not, I really don't want to keep harping, but it just with, uh, <laughs> it's been, it, Aaron had such a good stretch of games and now the last like two or three games have just been rough for him. I know. And yeah. it's, he just can't get any consistency and it's just been, uh, it's been killer. Like, I, I don't know, um, what the answer is for him. It's not that he's not playing hard. Like, I think he's done some nice stuff defensively, but. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting to the rim, but he's not finishing there. Well, he can get free throws a little bit, um, not super consistently. I just, uh, I feel for him. I, I don't really know what to think, what's going to happen with him. I mean, I just think it's so clear now that Ed is, is, has surpassed him um, in terms of what he's yeah. going to do for the Pacers moving forward. So it leaves Aaron in a really weird spot. And I mean, he'll get more opportunities, no doubt. Um from here on out, and I hope he can make the most of them. But, I mean, I just hope both guys can. I, but it just seems un, unlikely that both are going to be a part of the long-term plans. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and, again, that, that's kind of the thing, same thing with, with Aaron, that, you know, you're looking for those um, ways you can develop, a, you know, you know, basically have more, more tricks in the bag and, and more ways to impact the game. And, I mean, obviously with – Sumner size and, and speed, you know, that's a little bit different dynamic. But, um, yeah, you're right. Holiday had such a nice stretch going there. And um, it's just frustrating to see him kind of back, be back to where, um, you know, it, it almost is like he just doesn't have the confidence because he's, there's a little hesitation 
as opposed to when he was didn't have it flowing. It was just like, give me the ball, and I'll get something up. Um, but yeah, one of those two guys um, definitely will be out of the mix, I would think, by next season. And um, so, you know, at this rate, it seems like they should get ample opportunity to to finish the season and um, you know show show what they can do. But um, that, that's another little sidelight of of what we we have to look for here. Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, Tom, unless you have any closing remarks, I think that's a good place to leave off. Um, Oklahoma City tomorrow. Uh, a couple more games coming up after that. Uh, I believe two days off after Oklahoma City and then Saturday, Sunday games. Um, so it'll be a, a jam-packed weekend, but a couple days off between uh, Wednesday and then. you have anything exciting coming up on, on the horizon? Uh, no. Yeah, just waiting for those injury reports to come out. It's the most exciting thing <laughs> Yeah, these days. are we all? <laughs> 5.15, I think, so something like that. Um, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, Tom, this was a good time to everyone listening. Thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, try and keep your heads up. I know it's a, it's not the, the easiest season to get through, but it will be okay in the end. And uh, more importantly, we're only like a month away from being over with it. So, uh, but I mean, depending on whether or not they make the playoffs, we'll see what happens. That, that was an awfully somber way to end. It's going to be a good, good, there are things to look for. Have a good rest of your day and thank you for listening.